Hallelujah, hallelujah. I can only imagine the songwriter's joy as he picked up the pen and began writing the words to that beautiful song. I'm thankful that I know that same name tonight. And I know the name and the power that is in that name. Clap your hands to him and praise him for a moment. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't you take a moment and step across the aisle and smile. A Holy Ghost smile. glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I am certainly glad to be here. I grew up in a church where the assistant pastor was often heard saying, I'd rather be here than in the best hospital in town. I never have figured that one out, but I am telling you, I would rather be in the house of the Lord. One day in his house is better than a thousand elsewhere. Man, and Wednesday night is so important. I do want to encourage you to be here the months of this summer. We're going to have a great time. You don't ever know what a service is going to bring or how it's going to turn out. So you don't want to miss. I know you have vacations. Go on them. Come back. Be here for our Wednesday night services as well as midweek. We're going to take a cruise this summer. Anybody like cruises? All right, we're going to take a cruise. I know some of you like them, but uh, some of you have never been on a cruise. We're going to go on some this summer. We're going to cruise the fellowship. Amen. We're going to cruise the worship. Uh, Amen. We're going to cruise the stewardship. Amen. We're going to have a great time, and God's going to help us and be with us. If you have your Bibles for a little while tonight, we're going to look to Isaiah chapter 6. I'll begin reading with verse 1 down through verse 8. I'm sorry, guys, I didn't give this to you ahead of time. It's so good to have my brother home tonight. If I'd have known he was going to be here, I would have had him preach. You may wish he had him before I get through, but I'm glad that he's here tonight. Love my brother. Isaiah chapter 6, we begin reading with verse number 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim, each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face 
And with two he covered his feet, and with two he did fly. And one cried unto another, and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, for the whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Oh my, wouldn't it be great for that to come again. And then I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, I, here am I, send me. And I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go. Then said I, everybody say that with me. Then said I, here am I, send me. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Long ago, a large number of mice filled a farm And one night they came together in a farmer's barn for a meeting. The subject of conversation was the farmer's cat. As they began to discuss their troubles, one of them said, she chases us away from the best food. Another one said, we can't go into the open because she'll catch us. And another said, I'm afraid to let the children go out to play. And another said, we're always going, never knowing what's going to happen. All of them began to talk at once about ways that had made their life hard because of this cat. The oldest cat or oldest mouse waited for quiet and Then it spoke up and said, the cat does make things hard for us, but what shall we do? We must think hard together to get a good solution. And so the mice became silent as they thought of ideas of how they could meet this cat. But none of them came up with any worthy ideas, it seemed, until a young mouse stood up and said simply, the cat comes on us so quietly. We don't know when she will be there, and we don't know when to expect her. 
So here's the solution. We could hear her if somebody could put a bell on her neck. Everybody looked at one another and thought, well, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think of that? All we've got to do is bell the cat. And we'll all know when it's coming. And then one wise old mouse stood up and said, it's a great idea, wonderful idea, but who's going to bell the cat? Who is going to bell the cat? You know, it's one thing to realize that something needs to be done. It's another thing entirely to be willing to be the one to get it done. Amen. It doesn't take a genius to figure out the work that should be accomplished. The problem is in finding those who are willing to do the work. Everyone agrees that as a church, we need a strong prayer church. But who's going to be the one to pray? Everyone agrees that we need a great children's ministry. But who's going to be willing to sacrifice and serve in that capacity? Everybody wants a spiritual church. But who is willing to pay the price to make it that? Somebody has to be willing to say, here am I. Send me. I remember hearing the story of a preacher who got up one night to preach to his congregation about moving forward. And he began to preach, and under his inspiration, he began to talk about how the church in, in its infancy had to crawl. And, and, uh, and people shouted, yes, yes, preacher, we crawl. And then he got a little more inspiration, and he said, we, we got past the crawling stage and we learned to walk. And somebody shout, let the church walk. And he got a little more inspired in his preaching and he said, the church has grown and now the church is running. And somebody shouted, let it run, preacher, let it run. And then really feeling his anointing, he said, the church is going to fly. But in order for it to fly, you're going to have to get off your pocketbooks and be more generous in your giving. And some quivering voice in the background said, let it crawl. Let it crawl. Humorous story that tells the truth about what it really takes to move something forward. You see, if we know what the need is and we are not willing to fill it, I wonder how God is going to look at us in our commitment. The mentality of far too many people today is they want a great church and a powerful church and they know that it needs to be such, but they're not always willing to be the one that helps make it that. A church that does the right thing and provides for the family and does all of the things to meet the missionary needs is one that takes total involvement, not just 
a few that are involved. And I believe tonight that God is looking for people who are willing to step out and as the old uh, uh, story goes, somebody going to bell the cat. People that do not invent excuses for why they are not involved. People who do not use that excuse for not being involved. People that are willing to step out of the shadows and say, Here I am, send me. I believe as we begin this summer season, our church has a great opportunity for all of us to become more involved and more in tune to what God is wanting to do and what he is wanting to accomplish. I believe that it is an opportunity for you and I to step up and be counted in many ways. And God is going to help us. I believe that it's a great opportunity for us to reach new heights and to see new things happen in our church family if somebody is willing to step up and say, God, here am I, send me. It is interesting for me that when Isaiah uh, said this, it was after the death of Uzziah. Perhaps what is holding some people back is that there's something else that has your attention. And, and for me personally, if that means something needs to die in my life in order for me to see what I need to see, then I am saying tonight, Lord, let that be so. Because I ultimately want to see you high and lifted up. And I want to see your train filling this temple. I want the smoke of his presence to be so powerful and so real that as it was in days of old, we could not minister because of the cloud. There's something in me that hungers for that kind of visitation of God's spirit. I am not content to sit on the sideline and twiddle my thumbs while the summer goes by. I believe we have an opportunity to do something that will bring us into alignment with God's divine will and purpose. And if we will simply step forward and say, God, I don't know what you're going to do this summer, but I want to be a part of it. I don't know how you're going to move this summer, but I want to be in the middle of it. I don't know what all you have planned, God, but I want to be involved in those plans that you have for your church in this hour. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Praise God. The Bible speaks to us of those that overcome, that shall inherit all things. And I will tell you tonight that if we do what we need to do, we're going to have to overcome a lot of things. There are a lot of obstacles that are going to be in our path. And more than that, there will be a lot of excuses that will crop up that we're going to have to overcome. Somebody say overcome. 
overcome. That means you're going to climb over it. You're going to run around it. Somehow you're going to get through it. But you're not going to let that stop you from what God has purposed for your life. Somebody say amen. Amen. God is not going to give his inheritance to the fearful. He's going to give it to the one who believes. The scripture says, as your faith so shall it be. I wrote it down earlier. One translation said, you will have what you expect. That's what has stirred me over the last few days and weeks, that I am going to see what I expect. I'm asking you tonight, church, what are you expecting? What are you anticipating? Remember, somebody's got to put a bell on that cat. And if we're going to do it, somebody's got to be willing to volunteer and somebody's got to step forward and do what needs to be done. I read the account of an international meeting of ministry and one of the board members boldly declared to all of them that were there the things that they were facing and they were trying to accomplish and all the things that they needed to do. And he said, we're simply going to have to step out by faith. And everybody everybody clapped and they rejoiced. We're going to step out by faith. And then some person said, but whose faith? Whose faith? Amen. I want to know tonight whose faith is going to move God. You see, faith is kind of like your toothbrush. Everybody needs one, and it needs to be used regularly. But it isn't safe for you to use somebody else's. You need a faith of your own. And sometimes we grow up around the church, and we count on this one praying, and that one praying, and the others. We count on them having their Bible study. We count on them being in the prayer room. But the Scripture is telling me tonight, it's going to be according to my faith. It's going to be in alignment with what I expect. And if my expectations are not what they need to be, then I will not see what I need to see. God help us tonight. Everybody, we can sing about faith and all of that. And we can sing about the faith of others, but we cannot exercise somebody else's faith. We have to exercise our own faith. We have to have a faith of our own. We can follow people of faith and share in their exploits, but we cannot succeed in our personal living by depending on someone else's faith. Where is your faith tonight? What are your expectations for this summer? What are your expectations for the rest of this year? What are your expectations of what God can do in this place? The scripture said, because of what you believe, you will receive what you believe. Or one translator said it, as I already mentioned, you will have what you expect. I can tell you this much tonight that it's going to take an expectancy to see the manifestation of God's presence in this place. Some men fear 
men and they fear what man can do. But Paul said, hey, I am going to stand boldly because the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man can do to me. Some fear the unknown, but Joshua said, Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage, and be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Amen. I am here to tell you tonight that it's going to take a faith that's not afraid of a roaring lion or a devouring spirit to stand up and say, look, we're here for God's purpose and we're going to see it come to pass. Amen. People can become paralyzed by many things, but I don't want to miss what God has promised and what he has given to us For the coming days, who will it be in this congregation tonight that will make up your mind? You know what? I'm not waiting for somebody else to pray that prayer. I'm not waiting for somebody else to worship it in and down. I'm not waiting on somebody else to do it. I am going to step forward and do it. I'm going to do it by the help of God. And I'm going to do it with the strength of God. I'm going to make a difference in my life. Listen to me. You cannot have a flying church with a crawling mentality. Amen. Somebody's got to be willing to say, here am I. Send me. What are we going to do? We're going to make ourselves available. That's the one thing that I've learned about God. It has nothing to do with your ability. It has everything to do with your availability. God's not looking for the talented. He's not looking for the gifted. He's just looking for somebody that will say, Here am I, Lord. Here am I, Lord. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Let me be the one that you use. And when I look through the annals of faith, God has always used the man or the woman that was willing to present themselves to him and say, Lord, here I am. Don't get focused on your inabilities. One of the things the Lord reminded me today is that your life and my life is going to be touched by something called grace And His grace is going to be the difference maker in our life. I love it how He said it in 1 Peter chapter 5. That God, I think it's in chapter 5 verse 11. He said, and God will have the last word. God's grace in my life is going to have the last word. God's grace over my life is going to have the last word. Not my failures, not my shortcomings, not my mistakes, not the things that I've not done right. But he said, my grace is going to have the right say. So when you get up to present yourself... Don't disqualify yourself because you don't feel qualified. Grace is going to make up the difference. And His grace will do what you cannot do in yourself. Amen. No doubt Isaiah felt inadequate for what was before him. 
But once Uzziah was dead and he had gotten his eyes off of earthly things, he was able to see a heavenly vision that changed his life. And God was able to take this man and use him mightily to touch his people. I wonder what God can do with us when we simply yield ourselves to him. I believe it was a missionary who said that it still remains to be seen what God can do with a yielded individual. Somebody that will simply bring themselves and say, you know what, I don't have a lot of talent. I don't have a lot of gifts. I may not have a lot of ability, but I am available, God. If you can use anything, Lord, use me. I want my faith to matter and I want my faith to count. And I am expecting some things that God has promised that he's going to bring them to pass. Who, my friend, is going to bail the cat? Amen. Who is going to be willing to step out and say, you know what? If God's waiting on a prayer of faith, then I'm going to pray that prayer. Amen. You say, well, I don't know if I have a prayer of faith. Well, try it. Just start praying and see what faith can do in your life. You say, I don't know. I've never done that before. That's all right. Just step out and try. And God's grace will make up the difference. And he will do something with your life when you commit it to him. Amen. Everybody knows that it takes commitment to make a church or anything operate. The question is, who's going to make that commitment? Somebody said, well, Brother Hughes, how can I help? Well, just step forward, first of all. Amen. And God will use what is made available to him. Amen. When they looked around in the gathering that day, all they found were five loaves and two fish. It was nowhere adequate for for the number of people. The writer said there were 5,000 men plus women and children. But what you consider inadequate in God's hands is more than sufficient. Because God can do something with your stuff you can't do with it. Amen. God can do something with my life that on my own I cannot do with. But when I present it to him, when I put it in his hands, oh, I wonder what would happen for us in the next little while if we would all simply put ourselves in his hand and say, God, here it is. Whatever it might be, I want you to know it's at your disposal. Use it however you would want to use it. And I believe that when you do that, God is going to take what you give and make it more than sufficient to meet the need that is before us. I believe that if we're going to have a church that mounts up with wings as eagles, we are going to have to wait on the Lord, but we're also going to have to have people who are willing to go, people that are willing to step into the gap and make up the hedge and say, Lord, here am I, send me. Praise God. I wonder what all God has planned 
for those who were willing. I know this much, that if I look at his past and I look at what he's already done, the story is overwhelming what can happen because God can take the little and make it much. He can take the few and make them mighty and strong. I remember when I first started down here, we didn't have very many people and, and I preached as loud and louder than I preach now and I was a lot more energetic and I had a lot more vim and vigor back then than I've got right now. But I preached like the house was on fire every time we had church and we might only had five people but they got all double barrels every service. And one time we had a minister, a friend, a, a, a guest, I'm sorry, that came in and uh, he, he sat through the service. I don't have any idea how he found us. We were in a strip shopping center. Nobody invited him. He just came in and he sat through service. And when it was over with, he came up to me. He said, preacher, he said, my Lord, you preached like there were a thousand people in this church. I said, there are. You just can't see them yet. Amen. According to your faith. Amen. According to your expectation, you're going to get what you expect. And so when we move forward, I'm not surprised at what God can do when God is given an instrument to work with. I'm not surprised that he can take my puny efforts and turn them into the sound of a marching army and terrify the enemy. I'm not surprised that God can take the few and turn a world upside down because they simply believed him and they trusted what he said he would do. Amen. Oh my, I'm going to shut up. I'm through. Who's going to do it? Who's going to be the one that's going to step up and say, yes, Lord, here am I. Send me. Praise God. Stand with me. I know you probably were expecting an hour, but I'm not... I think I gave you enough in whatever time I preached, 20, 30 minutes. Somebody get the message? Anybody get the word tonight? Here am I. Here am I. Send me. I think about the many missionaries that have gone around the world. One man, one woman. They go into cultures that are diverse and uh, they're, they're anathema to the gospel and, and yet they bring their light and you wonder how does it make a difference? Well, i tell you how it makes a difference. It makes a difference one soul at a time. Right. Amen. I remember going to Thailand when Brother and Sister Frizzell were there and when we came into Bangkok, the city is just massive. It's like New York City. And uh, you look at all of those thousands and millions and millions of people, and here's one man and his wife that uh, have tried to touch the nation, and they have in many, many ways. I remember that service, first service we were in, and when they came together for worship, those people came in and they prayed and they worshiped. And I looked around and realized this is how you do it. One soul at a time, one heart at a time. Man, sometimes we just look at the big picture and we say it's impossible. And so we just recline and resign ourselves to there's nothing we can do about it. But there is something 
you and I can do about it. Amen. We can do something about it. Amen. Here am I, Lord, send me. A man was walking down the seashore one day and ever so often he would stop and bend down and pick something up and then he would throw it out in the ocean. A little boy watched him and was curious because it was just regular ever so often he would bend over, pick something up, throw it out. Finally, he got the, the curiosity, got the best of him and he came running out to the man. He said, sir, what, what are you doing? Every, every few feet you're bending over, picking something up. Throw he said, uh, well, son, I'm, I'm picking up starfish and I'm throwing them back into the ocean so they'll live and not die. And he looked around and he said, look, there's so many of them. What difference can you make? And he reached down and he picked up one more and he threw it out. He said, I can make that difference. I can make that difference. When you look around, you see, where do you start? Start where you are. Start where you live. Amen. Start with what you've got. All God's looking for is somebody that can say, here am I. Can you say that? Here am I. Say it with me. Here am I. Send me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Amen. I believe that tonight. And I believe that all that God is waiting on for some of us to just make ourselves available. Amen. What if? What if? What if? The question that troubles me from time to time, what if? What if we just stepped out in faith and said, Lord, here am I. Amen. What if we quit looking at our smallness and start focusing on His greatness? Amen. What if we quit looking at our failures and start looking at His successes? Amen. Go through your Bible and find how many failures God turned into successes because he simply was able to do that. Amen. If you're not careful, the devil will always be bigger than everything else in your life. And if you're not careful, you will always be intimidated by that lion that roars. I don't know. I'm, I've never been in contact with a real lion. But they tell me that a roaring lion is really not a threat. He's just trying to bluff you and scare you. Now, I don't know. I'm not going to check that one out. But it sounds good enough for me. Amen. There's a lot of things that we're afraid of tonight that are nothing more than a roar. Amen. Amen. Praise God. He said, don't be intimidated by that sound. Oh my, I I think I need to read that. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. Amen. Very quickly in closing. Oh, let's see. Let's start with verse number... Verse number 7. 
He said, by casting all your cares, I'm reading from the New English translation, by casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. Be sober and alert, vigilant. For your enemy, the devil, like a roaring lion, amen, like a roaring lion is on the prowl looking for someone to devour. And here is Peter's answer to a roaring lion. Resist him. Amen. Resist him. Strong in your faith. Amen. Resist him. Strong in your faith. Resist him. Strong in your faith. Why? Because faith will silence any roaring lion. Amen. Praise God. Oh, Lord, help us tonight to be willing to answer the call. Who will go? Who will go? And whom shall I send? Isaiah said, Lord, you can count on me. I wonder in this congregation tonight who of us will lift our not just our hand but our heart and our spirit and say, God, I don't know what you've got planned over the next few months, but I want to be involved with it. I want to be a part of it. I want to be engaged in it. Amen. Here am I. Send me. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. We're grateful for your mercies. We're thankful for your presence, Lord. We're so humble tonight, God, that you would love us, that your grace, Lord, is sufficient. It is greater than all of our sin, and it's greater than all of our shortcomings. Whatever the need is tonight, God, help somebody be willing to step forward and say, I will, Lord, here am I send me. Lord, I know that you have great and precious promises that are to be fulfilled in this hour. Help us, Lord, to be instrumental in seeing those promises come to fruition. We thank you for your promises and your presence here tonight, God. We pray your blessings upon all your people. Lord, I pray that that willingness of spirit will touch every one of us and none of us will turn down an opportunity to serve you better in the kingdom and do your will in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Would you join with me in prayer? Let's pray for Sister Rogers tonight. She needs a real miracle and she is a woman of great faith. And she's endured a lot, but we're going to believe God for a great work. In the name of Jesus, Lord, it is not our ability, nor is it our power, Lord, that we call on tonight. It is your power. It is your ability. You said by your stripes we are healed. I am asking you tonight to touch what no doctor can touch. I'm asking you, God, to do what no doctor can do. 
Lord, they only try to do what their limits will give them the ability to do. But you are unlimited, God. You have the power to do all things, and you do all things well. Touch her body tonight, Lord. Dry up this cancer, Lord. Whatever it is, let the root of it die tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray your healing virtue will flow in her body. Not according to us, Lord, but according to your word. In the name of Jesus, let it be so tonight. Let it be so tonight. Let it be so in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Why don't you love somebody near you tonight and tell them, Hey, I, I, I'm going to be the one. I, I'm going to bell that cat. <laughs> Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.